Hey, Ray, it's time for Pillars of Franchising. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Fred? It's beautiful in Shell Beach. And it's beautiful here in Aurora, Illinois. And I want to welcome today's guest, Kristen Shalmezi. And Kristen is the owner of a uh, Molly Maid franchise, successful owner, I may add, and uh, also a uh, a hockey mom. So how does that work <laughs> out for you, Kristen? Funny you should ask. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Every day I ask myself, and how is this working out for me? So it's interesting that that's the first question you should ask. It's working out great. Thank you. Fantastic. So what do you what do you like about it? I mean, what um, somebody asked me, they said, you have to answer when you're going to buy a franchise, the one question of what does your um, best day look like or what does your, what does your, the work day you want look like? So what does the work oh, day you want yes. look like? The, the utopia day, right? So the yeah. utopia day for me, <clears throat> excuse me, is being able to get the kids out of bed on time, which has nothing to do with work quite yet, uh, and getting them on the bus and rolling into the office at about 830 uh, to already be briefed by my office manager with all my employees out in the field, busily working, uh, knowing we've got a full day on schedule, um, nothing really urgent going on, uh, getting my own work done to the point if I wanted to buzz out of there at noon and go have lunch with my husband or kick out at 1 o'clock and go have a game of golf, I have the ability to do that. Now, certainly can't do that in the winter here in Chicago. <laughs> I'm Amen sure. to that. Well, Ray? Just catch a flight south, that's all. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but or you could drive a party van. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that works too. <laughs> they took down but the dome, you, you know. We used to be able to go up on the dome, but not anymore. <laughs> so basically, you're saying that you started, you can set your own schedule in your day. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Wherever, the needs of the business are, whatever the needs of the family is, you can set your own schedule because you have great employees. That's the best thing about owning a franchise, being your own boss, and hiring the right people, Ray. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So why? So part of our show, show is about being a successful franchise. And there are, are franchisees that um, they have a great franchisor, um, and yet uh, they can't seem to hire great people. Why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it, when you look to go into business for yourself, is you have to be very honest with yourself and be able to identify what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. So my background um, was a heavy retail background, a lot of hiring, a lot of HR experience. And so for me, I knew that I already had the skill set that I needed to hire people. Uh, If I didn't have that skill set, obviously, with our franchise, there are tools available to help you sort of sift through the applicants. Um, But you have to know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and, and that also goes for when you go to hire your employees. You know, I'm... um kind of an out-and-about person. I'd rather not be stuck in the office all day. So the girl I hired to run my office is someone who does really well with details, loves to be in the office, doesn't necessarily like FaceTime, and not a lot of people are good at really self-assessing uh, where your skill sets are. 
One of the things that comes to mind is when you first started the business, did you set goals for hiring the right people? How was it for you when you first started the business with your family? How much time did you spend on the job as opposed to being with your family? And how did you work out of that? Well, that is interesting because, um, as you know, Ray, but nobody else knows, as soon as we bought our franchise, um, ta-da, we were pregnant with number three. And so the first couple of years, oh, and yeah, then we had the economy crash, right? So we opened in 07, and the economy crashed in 08 and 09. So those are not what I would um, say represent normalcy. Uh, So I did work a lot more then than I do today. Uh, I think most people will tell you typically when they open a new business franchise or not, the first couple years, it really is a blood and guts and tears type of situation. But once you get past that and your staff is stable and you have people doing the things you need them to do, um, they have goals to hold them accountable, that's when you can step back and really enjoy being a business owner. That's when you can go out and join the PTA and do all the other crazy things that I do um, that maybe I couldn't do with my corporate job. I like the carnage. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you like the what? Yeah, well, it, it, it's absolutely true. I, I think I work, I'm going to guesstimate, 60 hours a week starting the business. Uh-huh. But uh, yep. I know in my case and your case as well, it, it was worth all the time, spend a little more time away from the family, but now mm-hmm. I can spend more time with my family and friends, uh, and I'm sure you with a growing family, it's especially important. So Yeah, you know, I have both of my parents. Oh, I'm sorry, do you want to go ahead, Fred? Well, I was going to say, um, so what I'm hearing is, is that most successful franchisee owners are not workaholics. No, I don't think anybody buys a franchi- franchise to work 60 and 70 hours a week. That's not anyone's vision. You know, when you decide to to quit working for, quote, unquote, the man, um, everyone's goal is to be able to have their own schedule and come and go when they want to. And, you know, somebody once said, you know, a man is truly rich, truly rich, excuse me, when he doesn't wear a watch. Well, now nobody wears a watch because we all have uh, iPhones to tell us the time. Yeah, or cell phones, right? But um, nonetheless, it's still kind of true. You know, once you get yourself to be successful and you don't have to be somewhere at a specific time, it's really liberating. Yes, absolutely. I I, I think uh, you're you're right. No, some people. I think anybody who does try to go into the business thinking that they're going to be rich and they're going to uh, have oodles of time are, are vastly disappointed because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think that was my, my intent. Uh, initially, uh, uh, my intent w- was to have something for retirement, <laughs> and uh, right. uh, you know. Uh, so how how basically how is it working for you now? I mean, did you did you plan? Is it is what you're experiencing now what you planned a number of years ago when you started the business? I wouldn't say it's. Absolutely, exactly, because obviously things like the economy came into play, a third child came into play. So it's not exact, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, it, it certainly allows me to do you know, 99% of the things that I dreamed of doing when I bought the franchise. 
And, um, you know, obviously my husband does not work in the business. It's just mine. And initially our plan was that he would. And I think we realized that we would kill each other if we worked on the same roof every day. So we respect each other's career choices. (laughs) And um, it it makes a, a much happier life when you come home and you all have something different to talk about rather than just uh, the cleaning business, you know, but certainly the ability to um, volunteer. I love to volunteer. So I spent a lot of time at the school uh, leading Cub Scouts, doing hockey teams, whether it's the parties or it's the team mom or baseball and raising money for the Miss Molly Foundation. I mean, none of those things would be possible Again, if I had a corporate job, because my time would be managed by someone else, not myself. That's a key so, point. Yeah. And, and you just, there's two, two questions I want to um, go at that as you're talking about this is, um, one, you said baseball. It's one of the Schomburg baseball team, and Boomer. you had like oh, yeah. the Boomers. You sponsored like days mm-hmm. at the park, haven't you? Yeah, we had um, a great year last year with um, the Schomburg Boomers, and we sponsored their um, the lineup and the scoreboard, so they uh, had our name up there all season long. It was a lot of fun. We got to go to a lot of games, and um, we had a, even a player help my son with baseball, and it was just a really great time. It's a great family park. And we also sponsor um, Roselle Rage, which is a travel baseball team for boys at age 8, to, I think the lo- oldest team we have right now goes up to 16. So, um, you know, I believe firmly in giving back to your community that you serve. So it's not just opening a business and take, take, take. To really become a, a part of the fabric of a community, you have to give back to. And we try to remember that with everything that we do and make sure that we're never just takers. You have to be a giver, too. That's 100% true, Absolutely. I know that's, uh, that's certainly part part of what uh, uh, my wife and I, when we were looking for a franchise and and discovered uh, that the franchise that we ended up with uh, had the uh, Miss Molly Foundation, which gave back to the community, not just locally but nationally. Mhm. Yep. That certainly uh, tipped the scales for us when when uh, looking at some of the other businesses and competitors that our broker showed us. So now um, you you tip back to another question I had is when you were dealing with a broker, I, I noticed that um, in your bio you had said that he walked you through a skills assessment. He basically helped you develop a what I'm going to call a balanced work life plan, um, and that's how you. So. And that's how you actually decided or checked the box. Molly Mead checked all the boxes, and you said that's where I'm going. But what was in, what parts in, um, what were the parts of this plan? So the interesting thing is when they go through your assessment, I mean, obviously they go through your financials. That's probably the first thing they ask because why present you with a franchise that you can't possibly afford? But then it was asking you questions like, what do you like to do in your off time? What are your hobbies? You know, how often do you like to go on vacation? Do you have children? You know, how old are they? And it took you through a whole series, and it came up, you know, this particular assessment came up with three different business types for us. And of the three different business types, one um, was not a kind of Monday through Friday setup. 
It was a 24-hour, seven days a week business, so we knew that was out right away. And the other one was would have been fine, but I don't think it would have fulfilled us as much as Molly May did, particularly because there was no giving back. So, but once they get you through your categories, then they say, okay, well, so of these three categories that you could choose, I'm going to give you three businesses within this category, say staffing agencies, and then you decide if that's the categories you want. You call up and you basically interview these companies and decide which one of the three within that category you like. And so that's what we did, and we spoke with a lot of owners, and we talked with the corporate office, and we just found that this particular one really did stand behind what they were selling. There were people who went in the office at 6 a.m., they were out the door by 10, and they were golfing. You know, there were owners that, you know, I would never suggest that you be a complete um, absentee owner. You know, the amount of time that they spend in their office was much less than they ever had expected. So, and obviously all those things depend on you having the right people. You know, it's not a set it and forget it business. I don't think any business is. Um, You have to have your thumb on the pulse of the business at all times. It truly becomes the adage of inspect what you expect. Um, or things can slip. So it's not just, you know, open the door and then walk away. You, you have to stay engaged. But it certainly offers the freedoms that people, especially with young families, you know, would like to have. So, hey, Ray, that sounds you, – um, you're always talking about when you started, you, ch- you talked to a whole bunch of uh, other franchisees. How was the rest oh, of your absolutely. experience like that? So, uh, uh, Kristen, did you do your uh, due diligence and talk to other franchisees? Or I sure did. Yeah, we did a lot of validating. Um, of course, when we chose the maid service industry, we said, well, there's nothing sexy about maid service. That's for sure. I mean, it's not a glamorous business, okay. but it's something everyone needs. And so we called three different companies. Um, and without you know disclosing any of those except for Molly Maid, Molly Maid obviously was the one that had the most forthcoming and the most satisfied franchisees, Um, not to mention the amount of um, technical support, marketing support. Uh, You you still had the freedom to pick and choose your vendors, but if you didn't have a clue as to what you were doing, you could just simply follow the program and you'd be well on your way to success. It's typically when people buy a franchise and they think they're smarter than the franchisor who's been in business for 25, 30, or more years, and they go off on their own path, that they find it not to be successful. Absolutely. That, that's one of the main reasons uh, franchises are much more successful than uh, mm-hmm. people who just open a business on their own. One of the things Absolutely. that uh, I, I, I asked uh, Meg Roberts, uh, president of Malamade, is what advice can you give a woman who wants to get into business for herself. Thank and, you for hitting uh, that, right? <laughs> And uh, I was wondering if you can hit upon that, because I know it, it's it's probably more difficult than it is for uh, anyone else, and it, it, it probably twice as difficult because now uh, having a family, a, a, mm-hmm. a growing family, uh, you're trying to raise and run a business at the same time. So what advice would you give uh a woman wanting to get into business? Well, I think first and foremost, as I said before, you have to be realistic with yourself. Um, and, and really, even 
wherever you might be working now or maybe friends that could be brutally honest with you, make sure you get a really clear assessment of what you're good at and what you're not. Because a lot of times, you know, you wouldn't want to buy a, a franchise that requires you to go out and talk to people if you're extremely introverted, right? So, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is you have to look at your personal needs with your family to determine, you know, we struggled and had to have a, a nanny for a while while my children were in like preschool and, and younger because I couldn't be there all day. And so we knew that those years would be a little bit harder, but then when everybody got into elementary school and were in full-day school, wow, now that opens up your availability a lot more. So there's a lot of steps that I think a female needs to look at, whether you're a wife, a mom, a single. Obviously, some of those um, roles are easier to step into business owner uh, shoes, and some of them are very difficult. But you have to be honest with yourself what you're best at. You have to set priorities, what's most important to you. And you have to understand that everybody that says they're perfect is not. There's, there's no such thing as a perfect day. You know, you have your utopia days, but utopia is not reality, right? So I think that one thing women tend to do is to be very hard on themselves. And, you, you know, you just can't. You do the best you can with what you got every single day. And, you know, you can't be afraid to get out there and try it. And a franchise is a great way. It's like a safety net. You've got your franchisor behind you, and no one wants to see you more successful than the franchisor. So on this topic, uh, in the light of what we've seen in Hollywood and in other (laughs) places with sexism, have you in the time you've been in business encountered sexism? I'm not asking you to name names unless you want to, and then we can harass them across social media. Um, but not asking well, for names, but well, we, we can leave the digital crusade. crusade. I'm serious, but not, I, I'm not calling for that. I better say. Right. Where he's going, oh my God, you know, he's going off think, the <laughs> I don't think when you it, – it is very – it's a very interesting question because – one of the first things um, I did as a career, obviously, was working in home improvement, and that was a very, very male-dominated industry. I was one of, like, six store managers that were female across the state, um, it, it, and I was there at a time where it was wild and crazy, and if it wasn't uh, between staff, it was between customers to our female uh, employees. And so I've seen how bad it can get in this particular field, uh, working in home maintenance, as I like to call it, um, or more home, I guess maintenance is a good way to put it. Um, There are a lot of men that are in the business, but I've never felt uncomfortable. I've never felt that anybody thought maybe I didn't know as much as them. Um, Part of, I think, especially when you're out on your own, whether you feel confident or not, you have to portray that you're confident. And, um, you know, we have some male customers, quite frankly, who at times can be very um, pigheadish. And that's when I usually have to just be as confident as possible. Don't be afraid to say, you know what, I think we'll find, you're going to need to find a different service. Um, my girls have certainly experienced a lot of things out there, everything from someone opening the door in a bathrobe to somebody watching porn on the computer while they were cleaning. 
And those are situations that as a business owner, I just have to call and say, listen, out of respect for my girls, I, I can't have them there if this is the activity going on in your house. You know, if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. This is your private space, but we have to leave. So, so as a, that's uh, mm-hmm. really quick. To the caller we've just lost, uh, please call back. Oh, get your no. questions on the air. Uh, you can call in if you don't know the number at 323-580-5755. And I'm sorry to the caller we dropped. But, okay, so I, I think that's – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. One to, no, 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 it's fine. Ray, so that, take that it away. That's definitely one of the most difficult things to do, but, yeah, we've had to do that on several occasions and just basically say, I'm sorry, we're, we're not the service for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and leave it at that. And hopefully there are no repercussions because people don't like being fired, unfortunately. Yeah. But it does happen. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So but, what, you know, what, you have to have respect for the girl, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're... they're they're the the uh, bread and butter of your business, and uh, yep. if you don't respect them and, and have respect for them and and what they go through every day, then uh, you're not going to have employees for a very long time. One of the yeah. things that uh, I want to discuss with you a little bit, Kristen, is I, I know uh, Martha and I we had a kind of a rule, especially when we were first starting the business. Uh, for me, it was just kind of stressful, and uh, we had a rule of uh, she would ask, as she should, you know, how how was your day? How was business? And I'd say I don't want to talk about it. So we ended up mm-hmm. with a rule that basically says when I when I got home, and uh, we just simply didn't talk about business. And uh, how is it with you and your husband? Is that do you have that kind of a rule, or or do you actually uh, engage in, in talking about the business? <laughs> you know, at first we did talk about the business every day, but, you know, men and women are so different in what we, how we communicate and what we look for out of a conversation. So we finally got to the point that I had to say, listen, when I tell you about what's going on at work, I don't want you to solve my problem. I'm not looking for you to tell me what to do, right? I'm looking yeah. for you to listen, right? And when you talk to me, you want me to give you a solution. So we had to first understand the Mars and Venus connection, right? So I just want to mm-hmm. vent, and he wants me to give him an answer. So we've kind of um, talked less about it. Um, obviously, when there are big issues going on, then we certainly um, have discussion. But it, because he's not active in the business, there's a lot of times that I'll share something with him, and he proceeds to give me advice, and I have to say, you know what, I have to stop you because I'm really not looking for advice. I'm just venting. I got it under control. And so um, I know that makes him nervous sometimes, and I'm sure there are times that he thinks like, oh, well, what, what do you mean you don't want my advice? But I think, you know, it, to keep your marriage healthy, sometimes you need that space and to have your own thing going on, and I certainly don't tell him how to do research and development, and I know he doesn't know how to clean toilets, so <laughs> you have to respect each other's strengths and weaknesses again, right? And yeah, I would yeah, hazard yeah. a guess. I would hazard a guess. He doesn't want to know how to clean toilets. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with you. Yes, yes. Based on the evidence, I would say that's correct. You're you're absolutely right, men. I I know. I always feel like if someone asks me a question, it's because they want me to fix something. So mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's it's a, it's in you know it's part of the genes. That's what I do. 
And, uh, you know, of course, Martha, she just wanted, you know, she said something. She just wanted me to listen to her. And and you're you're right. Sometimes I try to give her advice and say, well, you know, if you do this, this, and she's, I don't want to hear that. I just want you to listen to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon we could turn the show into marriage counseling. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I opened up some of my stuff, and it will become marriage counseling, so I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how, how about the? You know, we 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 talked about your husband. How about how about the kids? How how are they taking you being in business and and uh, sharing their time with the business with you? You know, my kids are, um, we're really fortunate to have really great kids. And because um, they're about two years apart each, my daughter kind of takes the lead on ensuring if there's things around here that need to be taken care of that she does. And, you know, because I volunteer a lot in the schools, they see me there. They hear me talk in front of, you know, all the parents. And um, for the most part, they always say, oh, Mom, that was really cool. And sometimes they're like, okay, you don't have to embarrass this. Or, hey, Mom, this is not your turn to talk. You know, so I think for the most part, um, they really enjoy it. They love to hear snippets about the business. And so if I am talking to my husband about, you know, somebody, you know, I might have to fire somebody or whatever, the next day my kids will say, so what happened to that lady, Mom? Is she still working for you? So they're very interested in it and um, – you know, we talk to them a lot about, you know, as they get older, my daughter can already help process money and she can a- answer phones this summer. Whether she chooses oh, to spend right. her time doing that or not is different. Um, and yeah. I had my youngest at my office at two weeks old, and my three-year-old was um, helping fold towels. And we're not trying to break any labor, oh, wow. laws, labor laws. But, yeah, they, I mean, you know, they think it's fun. They're going to work. So That's as they enter, yeah, under t- as they enter teenage years, maybe not so much, but uh, we'll see how that pans out for me this summer if I get some free labor. Uh, as you know, I have one of my boys working in the business, and that, that was certainly not his goal growing up. Uh, <laughs> but that's the way it turned out. And I, I mm-hmm. matter of fact, I never even mentioned it. Uh, about any of the uh, two boys uh, getting into business with me. Uh, I, I strictly left it open and it just worked out that way that uh mm-hmm. and right now I I think he's happy so it it, yeah. it has helped in, in and I'm I'm sure you're probably thinking about this down the lot, down the road but you can't really say anything cuz you'd want to make sure that they're finding their own path and, and right. not something that you provided for them which to me is was very important I wanted to make sure my kids went in their own direction so they would be happy Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, this is kind of your retirement safety net. And quite honestly, if one of my kids decide they want to take over the business, great. I would probably still make sure it's the right one because all three have very different personalities at this point. And probably only one of them would would be my choice at this point based on personality. Um, So we'll have to see what happens in the future. You know, Um, I, I firmly believe that the more involved you are in your kids' lives, like this business allows me to be, um, the more it helps you keep a handle on their activities, how well they do in school, who they hang out with, and things of that nature. That's uh, totally extremely ag- important. Totally agree with that, right. although I will say I've already, I've already told my daughter that 
um, in 22 years when my granddaughter is out of college, she's taking over the um, company. Um, <laughs> my daughter said, if are you, you survive, no, <laughs> no, that I'm, I'm an ornery Chicagoan who doesn't have to deal with snow. <laughs> <I'll>, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my daughter said, what? She's going to be an astronaut and an astrophysicist. And I said, well, here's the thing. I'm 30 miles as a fro crow flies from Vandenberg Air Force Base, where SpaceX launches from. She, if she's doing those two things, she can still run the company. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so I'm already pushing for the, the grandkid to take over. Well, see, and, and the way IT is going these days, who knows? She might be able to run it from the palm of her hand wherever in the world she is, which you could almost do today. Yeah. It's what let me st- lets me stay away from snow. It doesn't that right. You know the reason you moved to the beach is so you could feel the sand between your toes and pretend like it was the snow. You probably go down there early in the morning when it's nice and cold and pretend you're in Chicago. No, but I do like where we are um, along US 101. Um, they get that we in like June to July and other periods of time we get fog in, and it just kind of barely covers the office and to me it's like weather people around here kind of freak out they call it the the june gloom but for me it's like hey this is actually weather and i see, see I you're it. already you're already feeling the effects of no seasons all right mm-hmm. I, you know yes. I, I i knew it i knew it fred you're going to be moving back here before you know it because you're going to yep. hate that no seasons i mean <laughs> wait five minutes in chicago and it's a different season right yeah, yeah I'm watching that. the clouds rolling in right now. And, and we know the last time I was there, you guys tied the record for uh, sub-20 de- degrees uh, weather for the longest period of time. Yeah, that I don't miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, we brought that in right for you. So, um, yeah, I know you did. Next time, I, I, I don't need it. Um, Kristen, you're kind of different than most Mollies in who you service, Correct. Yeah, yeah, we we started venturing into commercial business this past, well, it's been over a year now. And so we um, have focused on not, you know, 15, 20-story buildings necessarily, but single-story, three, four, five-story buildings, five-story building complexes and things of that nature. Um, You know, my philosophy was there was a market that was being underserved particularly from a quality perspective. Um, We visited some buildings that while they had service in there, it was not nearly to what we would expect out of our teams. And my theory was if my girls can clean a house, they sure as heck can clean an office building. They're not breaking their backs over tubs. They're just dusting desks. And sure enough, the girls that we have over there um, doing our um, one complex they get accolades all the time. The, um, the, the, tenis, the tenants that have moved in there, their occupancy rate uh, has gone up tremendously in the last year. Um, and part of that is because when you have a good quality clean in your buildings, they smell better. They don't smell stale. You know, the fixtures shine, the carpet looks newer. And uh, so we've had a lot of luck with that. And that's really you know, we'll never, never take our eyes off the core, which is our residential customer, but we're certainly expanding out more and more with our commercial business. So 
Can you perform that service Go ahead. In, during normal uh, working hours, Kristen? In some of the buildings we do, again, it's kind of like um, you would do with, with a house, right? So you find out what are the what are the primary working hours for the businesses that are in that building. Um, my particular girls prefer to go in early, so they'll go in at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and their day is done by 10. And so what's great about that is as long as somebody gets the kids on the bus, they've got all afternoon to do their shopping, do their laundry, they get their kids off the bus or pick them up from school, they sit down, they've got dinner ready, they do homework, um, for whatever reason, those hours just really work um, for our single moms. So right now I don't have any teams that are doing nights. It doesn't mean that we won't. We just haven't had anybody. Everybody mm-hmm. said, oh, wow, that AM thing works out great for us. As long as you're out of here by 9 or 10, we're good. So we'll do yeah, pretty much whatever is needed. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you said that for the buildings that you're taking care of, the renewal, the people leaving, the rate of people leaving has gone down, so more people yeah. renew their leases. Yeah, and um, they had a lot of empty space. Part of it was that the, the buildings really struggled to be maintained, and obviously they weren't being properly cared for. The bathrooms all had a really awful stench to them. Um Things were broken, and the, the janitorial service might not tell them that there was a toilet that had been broken for six weeks or whatever, and the tenants were really angry. And, um, you know, we took over the buildings. Uh, January was a full year ago, and the girls all got Thanksgiving turkeys. They got Christmas gifts, and the people call all the time to say what a big difference it's made in the buildings, in their workspace. Um, and then we just got a new list. They just filled eight new offices here in just the last six weeks, which for that complex and for this area is, is pretty amazing because we started those buildings and they had about 75% occupancy and they're about 95 right now. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, you can't take credit for all of it, but it sure does make a difference. I mean, you walk in there and you don't want your building to smell bad. You don't want the carpet to be stained. You don't want gummy little fingerprints all over your elevator buttons. Um, and you certainly don't want your restroom smelling like, you know, nasty smells. So it, it has really made a big difference in that. Man, that's an incredible number. Um, that's just yeah. cleaning yeah. toilets. When you need the, <laughs> that would make it professional. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, some, somebody said nobody notices that you haven't cleaned your house or cleaned your toilet unless you don't do it, right? And uh, mm-hmm. so that's certainly... What happens? One of the things uh, we we talked a little bit uh, about uh, women in business, and one of the things that I would like to uh, ask you uh, before I forget (laughs) is how does someone get a hold of you if they just want to talk about business, and how does someone get a hold of you if they want your your services? Sure. Well, there's a number of ways that you can get a hold of us. Obviously, um, I do have a LinkedIn profile under Kristen Shelmetzi. Uh You'll see the name uh, if you're on your computer and you happen to see the, the bio, S-E-L-M-E-C-Z-Y. Um, we do have a Facebook page. I have a personal page. We also have the Molly Made of Bloomingdale page. And, of course, our local office is located in Glendale Heights. Illinois. And uh, if you just go online and look that up, you can find me that way as well. Um, certainly, 
you know, if, if I'm not the one that happens to be there at the time, let me know. Let the girls know. Do you want to talk about um, some business or do you like to follow up on the uh, podcast? And we're happy to get back to you and answer any questions that we can. Uh, when it comes to people wanting to open a franchise, I love to just talk about our experience and try to make sure that if somebody's going to go out there and invest a ton of money, that they make the right choice. Exactly. It, it, it's, and I think that's part of the problem, too, is uh, people looking at a franchise. They may have the money, but maybe they don't have the uh, the guts to actually take the plunge, so to speak, because it, yeah. it's probably the, the uh, first or second largest investment that a person makes in their lifetime, and it does mm-hmm. take uh, a lot of guts to, to make that investment, but... Uh, I know in your case you are you're quite pleased with what uh, what you've done and you should be uh, as well as your family. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. There's no worse choice than than either making no choice or making the complete wrong choice. You know, we had a friend who wanted to open a, a restaurant. He has absolutely zero experience in running a business, nor has he ever worked in a restaurant or had any experience running a restaurant. And thank goodness we were able to talk him out of doing that because it would have been one of the biggest mistakes of his life and he was a primary breadwinner for the family. It just didn't fit his personality or any of his skill sets. Yep, yep. And, and uh, the restaurant business is one of the toughest businesses to, to get into. Oh. Uh, my father was in that business. And I can tell you, yeah. it, it, it's either you make it really good or you make it really bad. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It's, and now there's a business in twenty four seven. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, I, I I could say I hardly knew him, you know, basically mm-hmm. because uh, he was he was out at at, at the shop, so to speak, you know, uh, yep. before I even got out of bed. And then uh, when I got home from school, he was still at work. So yeah, yeah. He'd be there till midnight. Well, the nice so, thing about having our business right is nobody's going to die if their toilet didn't get clean today, right? If there's a snowstorm and your toilet gets clean, nobody's life is at risk. We get it as soon as uh, we, yeah. you know, can possibly get there. And so that makes it a much easier uh, stressor to have if you have a snow day, say. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those yep. who've been around me um, who would disagree with about um, l- losing life from a plugged-up toilet, but... We won't, we oh, won't not plugged up, dirty. <laughs> plugged up is a whole other ball game. I'm just saying if it didn't get sanitized one day and had to go the next day. Okay, okay. Up, I'm with you. Okay, fair enough there. Um, so That's from why I'm plugged not a plumber. <laughs> so, so from dirty toilets to the PTA. Um, one, of, oh. one of the things I noticed in your, your bio, you're the president of the PTA? What's that? Yes, uh-huh. I'm how does that impact your professional life? You know, it's very interesting. Most of our um, most of our clients, or at least the ones that make the buying decision, in the majority of our households are women. And so, um, when you go out and you meet with women and you start talking about, you know, they've got pictures of kids on the wall, you start talking about this and that, and um, lo and behold, you know, one great conversation piece is when they say, "Well, where did your kids go to school?" And I tell them and they want to know, you know, well, what do you think about it? And I share it with them that, you know, oh, I'm the PTA president, so we're doing this, this, and this. Um, and it really becomes a great conversation piece. You kind of connect with people. Um, anybody who has kids, 
you know, should know what's going on in the school, what goes on with the money that the PTAs raise for the children. All that money should be going back to, to help all of our children, irrespective of their background, their financial situation. And so it's given me not only a, a yet another sense of community, um, Obviously, it's, this is a unique situation because the area that we go to school in is not the area in which I do business um, because of some borders that we have. Um, but if I were cleaning in that area, we would have a significant number of homes from families that go to our school because of the PTA connection. Um, but that's not why I joined. You know, I did it because of my kids and, and the kids that live around us and um, – I just want to be there to watch out for them and make sure things happen the right way for the right reason in the schools. Mm. PTA, wow. <laughs> I know. It's not like I'm bad moms, though, I promise. Uh, hey, if you're keeping it totally clean, you got to be a good mom. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen that show. Uh, no, actually, I haven't. No, you are right there. You are right there. Um, so what would you we, we got a, about three minutes left what would you like to talk to or tell our listeners um, on why they should buy a franchise you know it's again going back to being very liberating um, if somebody really is in a place where either they don't feel like they have upward mobility they don't feel fulfilled in their job um and you have the ability to start looking outside. It doesn't have to be a big investment necessarily. It depends on the type of business you buy. But really, if you're going to take that risk, if you're going to try to go out and be your own boss and build your own future for your family, um, use a broker. Make sure you do a real honest skills assessment and know that the first couple of years are going to be hard, but you just can't quit. Because once you overcome that two- to five-year mark that everybody talks about, um, you'll be very proud of yourself and happy that you did it, and so will your family. Yes, I, I agree 100%. Uh, I, made, I, I tell people I made two great decisions in my life, and one was marrying my wife 30, 35 years ago, and the other one was 15 years ago and buying the franchise. So <laughs> yep. that's how high I put that decision. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a life changer, and, and it really is taking what's important to you. Uh, you know, there's a book out there called In Praise of Slowness that I read, and it talks about slowing down and really identifying what's important to you. And that really helps in making decisions like this. What's truly important and where do you really want to spend your time? You know, and what allows you the time to do the things you love most? Yeah, it's certainly not awesome. commuting back and forth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Absolutely. we're about out of time. We'll be back here next week on Pillars of Franchisee. And next week's guest is Joe Labava, the franchise king. So we can ask him about all the cool stuff we've talked with Kristen about that had what <laughs> that has made her successful getting into a franchise. This person does it for right. everyone else. So we'll be here next <laughs> week at four PM. So uh, Ray, any last, any last words? No, I, I just admire Kristen a lot because of you know, being uh, an ice hockey mom and a president of the PTA and a business owner. 
that is really fantastic. You have a lot to be proud of, Kristen. Well, thank you. I really appreciate time to talk, and um, you know, I just hope that some of what we talked about today does inspire people to make the decisions that maybe they had in the back of their minds, move them back to the front, and start really looking into it. And I want to point and out, be as dedicated. a hockey she carries mm-hmm. hockey sticks, so don't give her crap. <laughs> <laughs> that I do. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you Thank very you. much, gentlemen. Have a wonderful day.